This week's episode is an opportunity for us to learn from a leader who's working really with a fascinating technology. And what he's doing is he's actually helping people to tell their stories. And, you know, I'm a huge proponent of being able to capture stories that um, e either uh, the stories of our of our of our founding uh, company founders um, or our 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 family founders, uh, the ancestors that we have, and, and really partly why I believe that this is a, a great episode is because I really firmly believe that one of the ways to bridge the so-called generational gaps and, and really growing together more is to grow our ability to listen to others who grew up in eras uh, that are different from ours. And so what uh, our leader, uh, who we're gonna hear from today, Trent Spivey, what he's doing is he's providing ways to do that with a technology that is really fascinating as far as I'm concerned, it's virtual reality. And um, uh, let me just first tell you a little bit about Trent um, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into the episode. But Trent grew up really around the world. He grew up in Japan, California, and primarily in North Carolina. And he worked hard for his BFA in film production at the UNC School of the Arts. He was artist in residence at the UNCSA Media and Emerging Technology Laboratory. And he co-created an, an immersive experience there and um, really, really cool uh, thing that he did there. He, he's also flown drones and taken photos of uh, construction and real estate sites. Um, he's a burgeoning entrepreneur. He, 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 he shares though that this part of his, uh, his experience doesn't come naturally to him, but he believes that it's the best way for him to really do some good in the world by running an honorable enterprise that helps people. And what he does then is he uses virtual reality technology to record people's stories. Remember that scene from uh, Harry Potter when he's standing in front of his, his parents in the magic mirror? Or the, that other one from Iron Man where he watches a message from his deceased father? It's kind of like that. And you, you're going to hear more about this, but you can learn more at his website, livingmemoryxr.com. Um, and we talk about this entrepreneurial endeavor um, along with other growth points in, in his life and in his, his career and in his leadership journey um, in this episode. So I, I hope you enjoy this in-studio episode with Trent Spivey. I know I did. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation right now. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to In the Growth Space. David McGlennon here. As you can see, um, we're not on Zoom today. And so we're, we're, we're excited to be in studio. And um, I'm, I'm here with Trent Spivey. Trent, great to have you here and great Jeez. to have, have this uh, conversation together. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a it's pleasure. My, my pleasure, my pleasure. You know, um, often on, this, on this, uh, this podcast, we talk about um, the growth journey. And a lot of times we come from a business perspective in a, in a business growth journey. But business growth doesn't happen unless we grow personally. And so I wanted to sit down with Trent because he's got a great growth story and uh, a couple of points in his life that, uh, that really point to his growth. And I like to share those and I'd love to share those with you. So we're just gonna have a conversation today and um, just really enjoy being able to kind of talk through that, that growth journey. So Trent, take me back to a pivotal point in your, your growth journey 
where you know you really felt like you were being stretched maybe but but you knew that you were growing absolutely gosh i'll give you i'll give you two examples the first one is in high school to go wave i'm 28 so uh when i when i like dig back it's like <laughs> yeah, the teenagers far, huh? yeah <laughs> um I have I'll, to think back farther. <laughs> I'll give you a high school example, and then I'll give you a, um, a right out of college example. Yeah, so sure. the high school one was the first thing that comes to mind is marching band, which I you and I it. have in common. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, that was my first experience with being given any kind of hey, you're in, you're in charge for making sure these people do X Y Z, and uh, as a lot of young people tend to do, I was like, I'm the boss now. <laughs> and um, learned a lot in a pretty painful way just because I saw, I thought I was doing the right thing by being what I thought a leader was Mm. and very like Mm. demanding and exacting and nobody wanted to hang out with me. (laughs) Go figure (laughs) Outside of band practice. uh, They were, yeah, they only went to band practice because they had to. And I remember a pivotal moment with some folks who were in the, they were in a different section. We were just eating lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like huffing and puffing over something. And rather than, you know, flipping me the bird and saying like, yeah, you're a jerk. <laughs> they just said, Trent, they're not seeing what you're seeing. Interesting. Yeah. And that for me was the whole like yeah, moment. Yeah. And I thought, oh, duh. Yeah. And, and once I started to understand too, that, you know, not everyone necessarily cared as much about doing the marching band step or getting the music as exactly correct as I did. Sure. But everyone did care about, hey, we're in this community to get together and we share it mm-hmm. and we want to enjoy our time here. And a way to enjoy it is to do really well and perform really well. Yeah. But it's also to learn about each other and be kind. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I love that. I love that story because I'm just going to interrupt you for just yeah. a second only because I think of how it, in, in, in leadership, how important it is to um, not just command and control, because that's not where we're at anymore. You know, it, it, there was a time, there was an era when that could work, but not anymore. I mean, we're in a place where we, we, we get work done through humans, and humans can be, you know, interesting creatures, right? <laughs> and, uh, and to your point, you, know, you were part of a community. So getting people to work together is, is part of leadership. So I love that you brought that out. Go ahead and continue on because I, I, I interrupted you. Absolutely. No, thank you. It's so valuable uh, to hear from you and to talk about it. I think the second one that comes to mind where I was really made to stretch and grow, I, uh, my default is a little bit more um, conflict averse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I recently had a freelance job where I was in for three weeks. I was filling in for a friend who was away getting married and on his honeymoon mm. and um, just got thrown right in. <laughs> and right off the bat in these meetings with the company that I was working for, their client, and just a like pretty abrasive mm. situation. And coming into it, too, my, my friend had said, like, hey, it's kind of rough, kind of a rough situation with these cats. I said, <laughs> Great. Sounds good. And that really pushed me to be firm with them, but also Mm -hmm. not in a way that I was just giving back what they were giving of just like, now we're just exchanging blows over Zoom. It's like that we're not going to get anywhere doing that. So yeah, that really forced me to get uncomfortable, but also to, to be the one in the room to get very calm and say, hey, this is what has been outlined. Mm -hmm. This is what the expectation was Mm -hmm. at the beginning. It sounds like the expectation is changing. And 
if that's the case, mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Maybe yeah. we can help you out. Maybe that's for a future project. Sure. But I just want everyone to be on the same page here that what was originally pitched a year ago when it was my friend, I'm just, I'm the substitute teacher, <laughs> yeah. but I'm the voice in the room who is removed enough at that point to say, from my two cents, from my perspective, mm. Sounds like things have changed quite a bit, and it's a mm -hmm. little bit like the frog in the pot of water, right? Sure. Where it's like the outsider coming in is like, yeah, this water is boiling. It's pretty hot. And yeah. Everyone else <laughs> yeah. is like, yeah, I thought it was getting a little warm in here. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, you know, in that in that situation, like, how did you how did you keep your cool? You know, how, how did you how did you kind of keep you know level headed? Because you know, in those those kinds of situations, and we've all been there. I mean, it can get really heated, and you can get drawn into the emotion. And so, I'm just kind of curious, how did you keep your, you know, kind of level head. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, the two things I always remember when I'm in a situation like that, or maybe I'm pitching a new client is just for me, it helps out to know the physiology of the stress response. So like mm -hmm. those butterflies are, all right, that's adrenaline in my solar plexus. Yeah. And just being able to picture that happening yeah. and then knowing like, all right, when I get stressed out, my throat's going to go dry. So okay. I have my glass of water right there, right. but, uh, also breathing, but Karen Ann Fasulo, shout yes, out. Yes, absolutely. Um, breathing and breath work <laughs> is, is huge because yeah. everything comes from that. So in those yeah. moments, it's a little easier to hide over Zoom that moment of like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can be mute, right? Yeah. 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 And just remembering, yeah, it's, um, and at the end of the day, uh, the kind of work I do is very much in the media and entertainment space. Right. So like, it's not worth freaking out about. Yeah. We're, there's not somebody Nobody's laying. Dying. Nobody's on the operating table, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, is an internet cartoon going to get delivered on time? <laughs> and, not, yeah. and not to say that people, that those jobs aren't serious and yeah, people don't right. take them very seriously because they yeah. do. And there are a lot of professionals who like, that's their whole world yeah. um, and they should take it seriously. But mm -hmm. just the perspective of stepping back yeah. and be like, this is not, the, this is not worth losing my humanity for a moment over. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it's interesting because I think that just by virtue of you you know, being aware of what it feels like in your body to have those, you know, those emotions, that, that, that response, that stress response. I think that that's a great lesson for all of us to make sure that when we sense that, to be tuned into it, but when we sense it, that we do something and have some kind of a practice like a breath practice, even if it's just taking that deep breath and you know, and just lowering, you know, the, the, the temperature in your body and, and, and lowering that, that energy vibration in your body is so helpful. Um, it, you said something a moment ago that was, you know, t talking about like everybody's perspective. And so I, I think it's interesting to, um, to, to think about each person's perspective and, and like how it, how it impacts us. And, and I think that, um, you know, I think about like intergenerational um, relationships and intergenerational yeah. um, dynamics and how that perspective can help us bridge those gaps, so to speak. And so, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm not sure what I'm asking, but, you know, how, how did you uh, how, how did you use those perspectives in that meeting maybe to even, you know, bridge some of your own you know, gaps in maybe understanding or knowledge or what have you. Totally. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to that moment and I'll speak to my career at yeah. large. Yeah, um, a lot of work I do is with people that are my age or slightly older. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of folks are in like Gen X and some like baby boomers, mm -hmm. right? And I've found, um, and we could talk about a little bit like living memory in an interview yes. I did through them, but that was a huge moment of, oh, 
this person is not quite from a different planet, but <laughs> being born in the 40s, like totally different perspective. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think, so I, I'm an artist by training. I went to an arts conservatory, so I'm very much plugged into the feeling of it all, yeah. right? And trying to pick up on where are folks coming from and how can I meet this person where they're at right. and try to tune in as quickly as I can to what has their lived experience been? Because yeah. you can look at a resume and know so much and you can say like, okay, they lived in this place during this time period. These were their formative years. Yeah. I can start to kind of connect the dots around, okay, this is what that per this is what values that person might bring. Not trying to overgeneralize or stereotype, but yeah. at least know where I can start to build the relationship. Yeah. And know is a person Am I gonna am I gonna talk with this person that I just met as if I'm in a job interview, mm. or is that gonna be weird for them? And I'm just gonna talk like we're hanging out at a bar, even though it's a business meeting. Right. Some people prefer to be much more casual yeah. in those settings. Yeah, that's um, yeah. But that's I think I hope I'm answering your question yeah, a little yeah. bit. But it's that yeah. notion of meeting a person where they're at and knowing, having a little bit of knowledge, right, of just history and mm -hmm. the way that current events even are playing out, like. Sure. Where might they be coming from, mm -hmm. and how can I speak to their values, um, even if even if that's right? I don't agree with them always, right. but at least know like, hey, from what I know, you value this, yeah. and what I'm suggesting aligns with that, and here's why. Yeah. And if you disagree, let's talk about it. Sure, sure. Well, and it sounds like too, you know, one of the things that I hear in that is that you you had an openness to be able to understand the other person's perspective and sure. and being able to. Um, be curious. You know, I, I, I think that every leader who is effective is really curious and, and wants to know what's important to the, the team, you know, and whether they're younger than I am or older than I am, it doesn't really matter. But but being able to and I think, too, you know, as I was think as I was thinking about this question, I think it's 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 maybe human nature for us to categorize people in generations oh those gen xers or oh oh you know those boomers or oh you know those gen z's you know they yeah. all of the you know all of the stereotypes and yet when we when we when we categorize people in that way i think we're putting people in a bucket and we're not recognizing that you know different people have different you know lived experiences and and i guess you know that's really where i want to go next is you know you talked about living memory oh, and sure. um I, so first of all, tell people what living memory is because I think it's really cool and I think it's a, a great service that um, you've created and, and really kind of dipped your toe in the entrepreneurial waters, right? Yeah, thank so, you, thank yeah. you. So uh, living memory, I work with families and organizations. So if they have a, a family member who's in their, their wisdom years or maybe on the enterprise side, maybe someone founded a company, they've stewarded it for 30, 40 plus years and really built it from one employee to maybe hundreds. Yeah. And they're about to enact a transition plan um, for both them and for families. I sit down with them and conduct pretty in-depth one-on-one interviews mm -hmm. and try and get their life story recorded, right? Um, but I do it in a way that I'm recording it on a camera uh, sp specifically for virtual reality. Yeah. And so whether that's the family member or that's the 16-year-old who's just starting out at the company that this person founded, they can put on a headset, um, an HMD, right, and feel like they're sitting across from that person. Yeah, and I, I will tell you, sorry to interrupt you, but I will tell you as a, you know, the audience listening, I've experienced this and it's phenomenal. It's, it's amazing how you can sit just like I'm sitting here and feel like the person that's been recorded 
is sitting right right next to you and right across from you. It's it's just really amazing. So Thank it's you. a really great uh, experience. Thank you. And that's, you know, that's getting into the like feelings of it all. Right. But there is such tremendous value of that presence yeah. and giving someone a feeling of the example. You and I spoke about this a couple of days ago, but uh, for the going back to the enterprise example, right? If Truett Cathy yeah. had a way to put a headset on a 16-year-old who's just starting out in the Chick-fil-A drive through window yeah. and say, like, I found a Chick-fil-A for this reason. This is what the values were starting out. Mm -hmm. This is how I've kept it all these years. And now you're a part of that. Mm -hmm. And here's how I'd like to see you yeah. continue it forward. And here's how we can help each other succeed. Yeah, that's um, beautiful. I mean, and, and I think too, as you know, if you're, if you're a business owner, you know, listening to that example, I mean, how cool would it be for future generations to be able to hear from you and, and understand like, what, what was it like for you to start the business? If you were the founder, what was it like for you to start the business? Maybe you're not the founder, but maybe you're the CEO of a, of a growing business and, you know, you, you, you're, you've been through some challenges. What was it like to go through those challenges and how did you get through them and what were the values and, and how, did, how did those drive you and, and lead you through those tough times? And I, I just think that there's a lot of different applications here. Absolutely, absolutely. And for families too, right? It's that exactly. sense of um, interviewed a gentleman down in North Carolina at the end of last year. Yeah. His grandson will now be able, however many years down the line, to put on that headset Maybe when he's in his 20s, like, oh, this is what grandpa thought about being a 20-something, and this is yeah. what his experience was, and the, the, these are his words of wisdom. Yeah, um, I think that's so cool. You know, I, 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 I did something similar, but not in the virtual reality headset with my grandfather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think the, the recording, while it was, you know, very poor recording, I still was able to capture seeing him, asking him, him questions and being able to, you know, get his, his feedback and, and just different life experiences. And I think how cool would it have been to be able to have the technology back then to yeah. be able to just kind of feel like I'm across the, uh, the table from him. But I, I think that there's such value in hearing our, our, our legacy and the, the legacy of family. Um, and if I'm, the, if I'm the person giving that legacy, what a what a gift it is for our future generations to be able to capture that in a way that, you know, future generations couldn't. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a quote I had I heard from a professor in school. He was Romanian, so he said it and sounded very <laughs> wise. I won't do a Romanian accent, <laughs> but the the quote was, and this is like a first year seminar, and he said, "Seek to understand times outside of your own, because your own time will soon be passed." That's so good. And for the rest of the class, I was just sitting there like, <laughs> my mind's been blown. That's everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I see living memory as a way to help people do that. And mm. so both at the individual level, right, yeah. that grandchild feeling like they're sitting across from their loved one yeah. who may or may not have passed, um, all the way to if we're doing that at a, at a cultural and a societal level and really hanging on to those stories and, and even more importantly, right, the presence of the person sitting across from right. us that does something that connects us to this longer tra trajectory mm -hmm. that I think in the digital age has started to slip a little bit, yeah. right? Because we're very much like in our screens mm -hmm. rather than, yeah, just sitting. Having conversations, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, what, what led you to start Living Memory and what, what was kind of the origin story for your 
you know, fascination with this, this technology. And, and really, I mean, because it's one thing to have, you know, virtual reality, but it's another thing to actually use it for like legacy purposes. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's a fun question to answer. So I, I went to school for cinematography. I'm a cinematographer by training. I went to the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Mm -hmm. And um, around 2016, the dean at the time really leaned heavily into virtual reality. That was about the time that we, um, the Oculus headset, right? That's now the MetaQuest. The mm -hmm. first one of those was really getting people's attention. And very quickly, the film dean saw that there are implications for the immersive world mm -hmm. in the filmmaking world. Mm. And so there was a, a lot of excitement and investment in my school. They started offering programs for students to learn about immersive media. Mm -hmm. We had a tremendous, incredible professor at the time, Bob Keane. He, like, he worked on Star Wars back in oh, the wow. 70s. Cool. And he was the one who was like, this is the future. <laughs> and so just because of his personality and his, mm. his giftedness as a teacher, I just wanted to be in that classroom. Uh, but for two years, um, at times, cut classes from <laughs> cinematography to go learn about the immersive. And um, that led me out to San Francisco. I worked at a virtual reality startup. Um, I had watched one of their pieces that won a bunch of awards at film festivals. Okay. And I thought, wow, I didn't know that this medium could do that. I didn't know that you could tell a story yeah. and elicit emotion in this way. Wow. And yeah. so I just uh, actually bumped into one of their producers at a festival, and I think I said something about her hat, and we started talking, hmm. and uh, that led to an internship. And so I got to work out there and really learn the ropes. That's cool. uh, but, and being out in the Bay Area, learning to appreciate how, how much goes on, on yeah. the, especially on the tech and development side of it all. Mm, sure but also feeling a hunger for, I wanna be closer to the emotional piece. Yeah. And like, mm. we have this incredible, amazing technology that can mm. like tap into your reptile brain and make you yeah. feel present right. in a place or with a person that you wouldn't otherwise. Mm. How can we deliver the most effective, like emotional resonance and impact with that, right? Because people throw around life-changing all the time about anything immersive right. and giving people immersive experiences. But I was really seeing a lot of games come out at that time. Yeah not hating on games at all. Mm -hmm. That's what funded the entire industry at sure. the beginning. And that's yeah. how we get to last week, the Apple Vision Pro coming out and hitting mm -hmm. the mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time I was like, games are cool, but what else can it do? Mm. Yeah. And I remembered the summer before going out to San Francisco, I sat down with my grandfather mm. and uh, got to record with him for three or four hours. I didn't know that's if he was going to be down for it. I didn't know. Yeah. If, yeah. But I think he pretty quickly had an intuitive understanding of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. That is to say, like knowing like I'm not always going to be around, I want to make sure my story is captured somewhere. And I, I at least trust my grandson to do that. Yeah. So that was a really special moment with him. Yeah, for sure. He's since passed and it's it's one of the most priceless mm. things yeah, you know, I think yeah. my I've ever done. Um, it was a gift to my mom for Christmas one year. And that. it was pretty special because he was a man of very few words. <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard to get him to talk about sure. anything. Yeah. Um, he was in Vietnam and just all those stories and then came back and uh, worked his way up from, yeah, from being like a beat, mm. a beat cop all the way up to like the chief of police in our town. Wow, right. Cool. Uh, yeah. Very special individual. Mm. And like his story was so special. So that I took that and this idea of how can we deliver more impact to individuals, mm -hmm. right? Who don't care about VR, who don't care about video games but how can we give people a beautiful incredible experience they'd never be able to have otherwise yeah and i thought okay mm -hmm. it makes sense to see who's on board to go through this 
fairly in-depth interview process, right. knowing that the end result is, oh, this person I love will be able to hear my story and feel like they're sitting across from me. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm sure anybody listening knows when someone passes, we're lucky if we have a voicemail yeah. or a journal entry. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got plenty of pictures and videos on our phones, but we lose so much. Yeah. But to be able to go back to the feeling of sitting across from mm -hmm. a person yeah. Um, it's it's the stuff of movies and it just excites me to be able to do for people. That's so cool. Well, you know, one of the things that you do in this process, and I, uh, I'd love for you just to explain it to the audience sure. because at the end of the interview process, and it, you know, you're asking great questions along the way, but at the end, you allow the, the individual who is being recorded to just share and you know, it kind of, I don't want to spoil it. So you, you kind of set it up and, and, and share what you do and how you do it because this is, I think this is probably like, this is like the icing on the, on the cupcake. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a really special moment. Um, typically, I've been talking to an individual for, you know, a day or two and they, they understand the rhythm of how the interview is going and they also understand the longer term implications of where is this thing going, right? Yeah. Who's going to watch this in the future? By, by, the, by the end of the interview, people get it. Mm -hmm. And so I just roll the camera and I say, hey, what do you want to make sure that your kids, your grandkids, the folks that work with you, the folks that are just starting out or the ones that have been with you for a long time, what do you want to make sure they hear from you? The subtext being, what's something that you've always wanted to say to them but never known how? Or what's something that you've always wanted to share, but there never seemed like the right moment or the right way? What do you want to make absolutely sure that they get to hear from you? Like, what's the most important? And for a lot of people, that's, um, it's, it's very simple and it's very common. They just say, like, I love you. <laughs> that's nice. And there's a lot that goes with that too, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's, that's the bedrock. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just hit record. I, I get up, I walk out of the room. I say, just come get me when you're done. And yeah, so beautiful, man. I, I get choked up just thinking about it because I think of those moments um, when um, somebody gets a chance to just share from their heart, um, whether it's in a business setting, you know, whether it's a founder, you know, just wanting to speak into future generations for their organization, or whether it's a grandfather, a great grandfather, a great great grandfather speaking into the next generation because there's a feeling there and there's a there's an emotion that is really important, and I think it's important for all of us to be able to share that, you know, with, with our future generations. I, I just love that. So I, I'm kind of curious, um, how do you, how do you um, like take this into either the workplace and how do you get the, the kind of the word out, so to speak? And what's your, you know, what's your uh, methodology of marketing? Yeah, thus far, it's it's still early days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm learning, I'm having to learn a lot about marketing and the way of doing it. Because what I don't want to do is ever be in a situation with someone where it feels like I'm trying to do a hard sell, but yeah, yeah. it's about recording their life story or their parent or grandparent's life yeah. story, right? Like I, I don't even want to go there because that shuts down so much magic. So leaning right now on a lot of word of mouth, sure. um, platforms like this, thanks for letting yeah, me yeah, plug absolutely. <laughs> living absolutely. memory for yeah. uh, an episode of your show a little bit, 100%. but, um, because everything about it is relational. Yeah. And right. so right. part of marketing and getting the word out is relational. Yeah. And for the folks that are hearing this and maybe are feeling something or maybe know someone who would be interested, um, yeah. or themselves, right. It's all about just getting the word out. 
And I, I trust that the folks who see the value in it and recognize that um, will will approach me. Yeah. For but sure. you can also visit www.livingmemoryxr, yeah. uh, the letter X, the letter R.com. Yeah, um, not to sound like we're wrapping it up. Just no, no, no. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure we. Yeah, and we'll put it. We'll put those uh, the links to the the website in show notes as well as links to um, you know your email uh, totally. as well. Um, yeah, and, and I just have to say too that you know I've experienced your um, your your process because we have a family friend who was really instrumental with my boys. And um, he is, um, he's an amazing guy. We've often said that if we could have a camera just follow Ralph around for, you know, a few days, we would have, <laughs> we would we would have an amazing uh, s- several episodes of, of a story that probably would get hundreds of thousands of views on, on YouTube. Yeah. He's, he's quite a character. And, yeah, in- uh, incredible dude. Yeah, yeah. but we, we found out so much about him that we didn't know just by virtue of the questions that you asked, that the boys asked, um, you know, and I think, I'm trying to think of the one surprising, I know the one surprising question, it was something about, uh, do you have a tattoo? And and so the, the answer to that was yes, and, and there was a smile on his face like, how'd you know that? Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, we- Anyway, we won't go into the details of that, but but it was cool. I guess my point is, is that we learn things from people when we ask questions. And I think that curiosity is so amazing. It's really a gift. Thank you. And it, yeah, I love the work because it creates the opportunity for those exchanges that might otherwise never happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and I, let me just say too, because being on the the other side of that that legacy and thinking about you know even just my own legacy i know that it can be hard for people to um, share their story uh, especially let's face it you know the the older generation you know the baby boomers uh, the, the 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 greatest generation because ralph was part of that greatest generation he was you know he's what 80 years old i think you know and uh, it's hard for them to share. And I know that we have another uh, family friend uh, f- slash family member. It's a little bit hesitant. So how do you get people over that? You know, and how do you get them to maybe just lean into their growth space a little bit to be able to kind of like embrace that discomfort of sharing a story? Absolutely. Uh, th- that's a question that's still very much in process for me. But mm. what I've come to recently is the idea that folks in that generation uh, there, there's a humility, a very like just salt to the earth humility. Yeah. I want to serve others and I want that to be what my life is. Mm-hmm. And so with that, what I perceive is an element of nobody wants to hear my story. Like, what am I going to say? You want to tell me where I was, what year I was born and what time? <laughs> like, I don't need to waste your time. But the reality is and the truth is that everyone has an incredible story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my job and my work is to help not pull it out of people because that sounds like a violent process, but more of tee people up and put them at ease so that they can just Mm -hmm. talk and share things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it's just a reminding those folks who maybe there's a bit of hesitance that people in this world love you Mm -hmm. and they are going to miss you a lot when you're gone and you bring so much value as you can tell, right? And usually there's like five or six things right beside them that I can just point to and be like, (laughs) look at that. That wouldn't have been here without you. Yeah. And because of that, it's worth sitting down and getting your story re- dedicated in memory somewhere mm. 
so that those folks who love you, you're giving them a gift yeah. that, and you, they don't even realize it. Mm. They don't even realize how priceless of a gift it is until, yeah. uh, what one way to put it is right. It's like when it's, when that recording, when their story is most valuable, it can never be replicated. Yeah. You can't go back and get it. Yeah. Um, and not to get morbid, but right. so much of the work deals with that, right? Sure. It's kind of this finality of tell your story while you're here, please. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that, you know, to me, there's a, there's a growth aspect to this that may, maybe is not, you know, readily seen. And, and I'll just kind of share my perspective because I think that there's a growth aspect of somebody leaning into that discomfort of, of sharing a story. But there's also a, a growth aspect of uh, leaning in and, and hearing someone's story because when we hear the, the stories of somebody's life, especially if I'm a younger person and I'm listening to an older generation share their story, I mean, we don't know what it's like to go through, you know, World War II. Um, we don't know what it's go like going through the Korean War, Vietnam, all of those kinds of things. And while some of that may not get shared, just knowing that they went through that and some of those, some of those you know, nuanced stories you, you start to understand then in a new way why somebody does something the way, you know, lives the way they do or, or you know, has behaviors the way they, they, they behave. And, and I think that that's a growth opportunity for all of us. And I think that's why I was kind of talking through or asking about the intergenerational, um, you know, dialogue and relationships because I think that that is a growth area for all of us and, and just being able to kind of bridge those. Absolutely. And I think about my sister who's 15. Mm -hmm. She's never been alive at a time where there weren't touch screens. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I've yeah. never been alive at a time where there wasn't an internet. I have to remind myself like, <laughs> oh yeah, the internet's kind of new. Yeah, right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, but that exchange goes both ways. Right. Um, yeah. So being able to, yeah, feel like I'm sitting across from a person hearing their story be like, man, farming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds tough and also really rewarding. Right. And, um, one um, one thing I've heard about this intergenerational exchange is being able to, for both both levels, both ages, if it's an older person and a younger person, an elder and a younger person, be able to look at each other and be like, okay, you have experienced eyes, you have wise eyes, I have fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I guess I guess going back to uh, me coming in for three weeks to fill in for my buddy, I, I had yeah. the fresh eyes sure. in the group, yeah. right? And we also had folks on the team who were very seasoned in their career, mm. they had the wisdom, decades of experience to be able to say like, this is what you're about to walk into. Mm -hmm. This is where the potholes are. This is, here's three different ways you could get around it. And here's three different contingencies if that goes a different way. And here's the end goal that you want to get to. And then here's what to do after that. Yeah. And meanwhile, the new hire is like, <laughs> wide idea. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you know, and I, that actually, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's a, you know, that's an aspect of growth for, for every, I, I think, a business team to understand that there are wise eyes and there are fresh eyes and no, either, you know, both, both have wisdom. And one of the things that, that we do at Impact Leadership is we help teams and organizations unlock that wisdom and bring it forward in a way that it's, it's safe and it's, it's safe for people to, to, to have those conversations and, 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 and be able to kind of talk through those, yeah. those aspects and be able to have the wise eyes, but also the fresh eyes so that we can see that the wise eyes may need to see something in a new way that they hadn't seen before. Yeah. And it, it's been cool to see you in a room 
in that situation like your summit back in 2022 sure. yeah. and just see right folks who are kind of newer to a company or folks who have been around yeah. kind of loosen up a little bit and look at each other in a new way yeah. for the first time because you're facilitating that exchange sure. that's that's really special yeah thank you thank you that's well and i i really feel like that's one of my gifts and it's also um something i think is really needed in the business community is that we need to be able to have ways that we can have conversations where it's not so emotionally charged where we can have this psychological safety where it's it's okay to bring forward my perspective it's okay to to bring forward something that maybe not may, may not be popular but it's 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 a way that we can kind of have a conversation and 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 actually move a situation forward because when we do that we, we, we are able to not only grow um, our, ourselves personally, but also grow and perform results for the company that, that uh, we couldn't ordinarily get to. So I appreciate that. Yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, you know this, your listeners know this, but if, I, if I'm the guy who's like two weeks on the job and I know that what I'm about to say is going to help the company or like prevent this incredible emergency with your database or whatever, yeah. You know, if uh, if it's been pretty tough going thus far and everyone around me is pretty gruff, I'm going to hesitate to put my hand up. Right. But if I've had, even if it's just one person who's come up to me in that first week and been like, hey, hmm. I remember you said you were from here. I went there once. I yeah. thought it was cool. Yeah. Have a coffee. That immediately is like, even if it's a giant meeting, all I have to do is find that person in the room and talk to them and be like, yeah. hey, everyone, um, here's... I, here's an idea that's going to save your company. <laughs> right, right, right. And at least feeling, yeah, as you said, the safety and the um, the connection, at least with one person to be comfortable to bring that up rather than they're going to fire me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think having the openness to be open to um, a, a, not only a, a perspective, but also questions. Questions can open us up. And I, I love using questions to be able to help us think differently. And I know that's what you do you know, in, in helping people to, to feel comfortable with you totally. when you're going through the living me memory process. So, so Trent, um, any, any final words that you'd like to share with the audience just in terms of, you know, maybe your own growth journey, maybe there's something that's, you know, burning or maybe we haven't talked about yet uh, that you'd like to share. Yeah, I, I, I do want to be greedy and ask you a question oh, about sure. the folks that you work with a lot. Mm -hmm. what, what's your perspective on do you see any threads or any similarities in folks who are kind of getting to that stage of I've gone through decades of building this company and now it's time to transition and I want to yeah. do that well? Mm. What questions and what what patterns do you see in those spaces? Yeah. Just because those are rooms that I'm not often in. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I think one one thing that I see is that oftentimes there are business owners who want to make that transition but they don't necessarily know how to articulate that transition or tr articulate that vision. And in, in that same vein, then they don't know how to prepare the next generation of leaders. And mm -hmm. so they don't know how to help those emerging leaders and those advancing leaders or those growing leaders to, to be prepared for the next step for them. And, and so I think, I think we all should be in a process of thinking about succession because you know even if you just get hired if you're a, if you're a new hire and you need to be thinking about well who's going to take my place when I continue to grow because if you're not growing uh, you're not you're not going to be useful and so you need to continue to be growing so what i hear in that question is 
um, just business owners finding ways to articulate their vision and also being able to be, uh, to, to actually take time to think about what that vision is because oftentimes they're so um, um, wrapped up in, in working on the business or working in the business and not on the business and or working in the business and not on their personal vision for what comes next, their next act. And so uh, I think it's really super important for them to, to take um, that, that pause. Wow. Yeah, and I could imagine, you know, I'm a, I'm a zillennial. So, <laughs> yeah, I could see someone who's been around the block for a while. Gen Z can feel like they came from a different planet. 100%, yeah. But finding those opportunities, and maybe it's going and doing something, some kind of training that's almost completely unrelated to the business of the company, but being able to sit with them and say, that's what this company is about. Mm-hmm. And have, have them like, oh, I get it now. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, I think that just being able to... Um, even share just um, nuances about like maybe even why they why they started the business in the first place because I you know that that's something that often doesn't get shared you know everybody's so busy about you know delivering on this project delivering on that project and yeah. they don't have time to be able to say why why are we doing this in the first place you know and and really come back to the mission and the, and the vision of an organization yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having for sure. me. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks Thanks for being here. Um, you know, for those of you who are, are watching on YouTube, um, thank you for, for, for watching. I'd love to get your comments. So just leave a comment below and, and share what's one thing that you're taking away from this conversation with Trent. If you're just listening through the podcast platform, um, two things. Number one, we'd love for you to go out and give us a, a rating. Give us a five-star one if you can. Um, and, and then also do a quick review. Um, the, the third and final thing there on the, the whole podcast thing is if you would share this episode, somebody has come to mind, I, I guarantee it, um, somebody's come to mind and whoever that is, would you just hit that share button? There, there's usually this little box with an arrow and if you just hit that button, you can share the link to this episode and I would love for you to share it. Um, because that's how we get the word out. That's how we are able to share great stories like Trent's and, and living memory and, 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 and stories of growth. So I, I would really appreciate that if, if you did that. So uh, Trent, thanks so much for being here. And uh, thank you uh, listeners for being here. Um, stay tuned for some other great uh, conversations around growth. And um, until next time, be well, my friends. Thank you.